Te presentamos a la familia López. Fashion es su pasión. Vas a ver que estos flare jeans los va a tener todo el mundo. Y cuando se enteraron de que Walmart ahora tiene un probador virtual para su centro de visión. Fashion show virtual. Aquí viene Silvia con monturas preciosas de DKNY. Le sigue José en lentes de Nike y Sandra con lentes de Vivi que le quedan bellos. Con mis flare jeans. Pruébate todos los looks con el probador virtual de Walmart. Sube tu prescripción y compra tus lentes online para que te lleguen directo a casa. Bienvenido a un cuidado de visión más fácil. Bienvenido a tu Walmart. Se si aplican restricciones. Visita walmart.com para más detalles. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Please give it up for poetry. What's up, y'all? It's brother Ali in the mix with Tim Einekel on the library. Keep it right here. All I want to know is, where did Krispy Kreme donuts come from? <laughs> What sick man invented this? I see the sign every day, because I'm in there every freaking day. My next guest is a Tony Award winner, a seven-time deaf poet, an artist, a producer. He was invited to the White House under Obama and has worked with artists such as Malcolm Jamal Warner, L.O. Kuje, and many more. His name is Poetry, and I want to welcome him to the library with Tim Monacal. Uh Thank you for joining me, man. Hey, no problem, no problem. Glad to be here. black man down and round. So when the revolution comes back around, all the black men would be too fat to fight, going through withdrawal symptoms addicted to the KKK, made to order, glazed drugs. I mean donuts. So my understanding is, so you, Poetry, you grew up in Michigan and you started writing poems about the age of 11 and then you started kind of rapping a few years later. So I was trying to do the math uh, without looking at your birth date and I think that was probably around 85, 86. So I'm just curious, what, what were your, first, what were your kind of your poetic influences and then what were your, your rap influences at this time? Uh, well, first of all, put, thank you for putting my age all out in the uh, <laughs> atmosphere. That's what I want to first thank you for. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. I appreciate that. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> my influences, uh, my main influence is God. Um, he is uh, the source of my writing. Um, not that every poem I write about is about God, but I'm saying obviously because you heard some of my stuff, but uh, he definitely is an influence on, on how I write and, and what I write about because it comes through him. As far as um, human people, <laughs> um, <laughs> when I was young, there weren't many influ um, people that influenced me that wrote poetry because um, it wasn't, uh, it was, you know, it was still an underground thing. It's still an underground thing, but it became bigger as, um, you know, as I got older. Um, influences just as um, artists of Michael Jackson. Um, actors, Denzel Washington, they all influenced just how they carried themselves. And that just went through, went on to through my rights. When you first started writing, I imagine it took a little bit of time for you to want to actually share your work. So do you remember that? Like, do you remember when you finally felt comfortable enough to share your poems and who you who you shared that with? Well, the funny thing is um, I, I, I didn't share my poems until I moved uh, to Los Angeles. Because uh, I was writing poems when I was, you know, like I said, about 11 years old. I used to get in trouble. So that was my punishment is, go to your room and can't play outside and can't play with any toys. I'm like, you can't play with any toys? What, what am I supposed to do? So I would end up reading or, or writing. You know, I can't stand my parents, but, you know, but whatever I was writing. Yeah. Um, 
So, but so all those poems, I just never read. And then I started rapping, and then um, I realized that I wasn't good at rapping. But I still stayed st- stuck with it for <laughs> four or five years. Um, and then I went back to poetry when I moved back to LA. So um, even though there's a thin line between rap and poetry, I still put them totally different. My rap was something rapping, and then my poems, you know, were something different. So I just started reading those poems until I moved out to LA, which was about tw- twenty years later. Is the, is the content? I mean, I, I just curious. How, I, like, well, I guess what is that? What is that? Uh, what is that line that makes to you that makes uh, rapping and poetry different? Is it the content? Is it? I mean, what is it? The wordplay or? Yeah, uh, it, I'm sure it's different for each artist. Mine was the content. Uh, my poetry is much on a deeper level. Uh, I felt like I couldn't get that deeper level in in rapping. I was just again, I wasn't good at it, so that's probably why. <laughs> but. Uh, I, I was just rapping just to be rapping. You know what I mean? It wasn't right. It wasn't something that I had passion for necessarily. I was rapping because I was a kid and it was like, hey, you want to rap? Yeah, sure, I'll rap. I'll write. You know, so it wasn't something that I took as serious as I took my, as I take my poetry. So I think it's the content is more of the difference, the deepness of what I was saying. Even though you, I guess, even though you weren't sharing your poems at this time, do you, did you? I guess, who was kind of nurturing this? Was it just I mean, nurturing this this art form with you? Was it just? I mean, was it just you? Was it your parents? I mean, was it a teacher? Um, oh, it was absolutely unequivocally just me. Nobody really. That's what I'm saying. But nobody really. Uh, not saying cared because that, that wasn't my. Uh, I didn't know that I was gonna at that age. I didn't know that I was gonna be you know a poet. You know, I mean. A, go on Broadway and do all this stuff. I was just writing as a, as a means of uh, release. So it wasn't something that I shared as much. It wasn't something that I talked about, like, hey, I'm a writer. You know, nothing. Because my right. goal was basketball. At the time, my goal was basketball. So I, I was all in on basketball. That was when I was going to be an NBA star. Oh, I also write. You know what I mean? But mostly, yeah. um, I play ball. When you, when you moved out to L.A., when did you, I guess, what was the first kind of, the I guess, the validation that said to you, like, all right, I am, I'm a poet. I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a basketball player. I'm, I'm actually a poet. I'm actually really good at this. Well, I read, a, it's a funny story, because I, I met a lady on the bus, and she's like, hey, yo, I have this poetry reading. I'm like, poetry reading? Oh, yeah, because I, I could come and check out. I didn't even know they had poetry readings. You mean you read your poems? I would literally, like, you read your poems? She's like, yeah, yeah, you should come out and, and watch it. She didn't know if I was a poet. She just saw me on the bus. She was a talkative person. So I went to this poetry reading, and, and these people were reading their poems. And I was, like, blown away. I'm like, oh, my God, these people are reading their poems that they wrote. You know, I just mm-hmm. could not understand that this is something big. I'm like, I love L.A. So the next week, the next week I came and read this poem. And uh, it was, uh, you know, received well. And I was like, okay, like, so I got addicted. But then when I really realized that I was, had a, a gift is I wrote a poem about not having any money. Mm-hmm. money. My money's been acting funny lately. And I don't so mean how when I first high wrote that poem, like I was crying and in, in tears because I didn't have any money. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a serious poem, you know. But I read it. And everybody related to it so much that they were laughing and cracking up, not at me, but just relating to the poem. Like, it was hilarious to them. And I'm like, I'm on stage crying while I'm reading it, and everybody's laughing. And I'm like, well, and people come up to me after, oh, my God, I feel you. I'm just like you. And, and I was like, wow, there's a connection here. 
that uh, that I that I didn't quite understand until much later that um, this truth that I'm writing, even though it is it is very serious to me, has a humorous effect, and and and, and humor always uh, touches people. So that's when I started to learn that my my writing is is very funny, but has a deeper meaning um, that connects with people. She won't go to movies with me. She won't even go get nothing to eat. And you know what, brother can't eat without money. Don't you know I miss you? I want you. Okay, I need you to survive. My life evolves around you. I can't replace your money. Believe me, I've tried. There's only so much bread and water I can take. Call me spoiled, but I remember the days. I remember the days when people used to see us at the hottest clubs, the expensive restaurants. Oh, so you originally because because when I, 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 when I was you know looking up and you know watching old old you know old video of you uh, at deaf deaf poetry, but also other other performances you you do you you come off as like a very like the a humorous you know type of poet uh you know i came across like a new york post article in 2002 that called you the f- funny bard of um def jam right, um, right, right, right. so you so so to me i was i was I, so one of the questions i came up with was you know we were introduced to you as this poet that discussed real issues but in a very you know comedic way um so but it sounds like that wasn't your plan no uh, to, how did you kind of learn to, I guess, appreciate people's uh, humor through in poetry versus being like, no, 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 people, I'm a serious poet. Take me seriously. Stop laughing. You know, stop. I know you're laughing at me, but stop yeah. laughing. Well, I, um, I mean, that day was the, 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 the realization. Now, I mean, I'm not saying that I was hardcore serious, but I, uh, but I did think that I was a serious, I mean, I am a serious poet, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, like, like I, I wasn't writing comics I wasn't writing for comic relief I was just writing what like literally all my early poems I mean money dating myself dating myself was a, I was single and I was sad you know what I mean I was like I gotta find somebody it was a dead serious poem well I have a whole lot of that I see these happy couples and I used to think what do I have to do to get a girl like that and then that evolved into what do I have to do to get a girl um, and, that, and that's what I'm saying, through the years, I started to realize, team, wow, to even though I'm writing these serious, <laughs> serious issues, like this is really true to me, so they're coming out that on paper, they're coming out as, 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 as comical, but mm-hmm. but yet still uh, underground, uh, under feeling that people are like, oh my God, I feel you, I, I love it, I'm laughing in, in appreciation of understanding what you're talking about. So it, it was a process of learning fully of, of this gift. Uh, probably, on, I, I would say, from I'm that moment myself. that I read the money poem, probably another five, I mean, six, seven years before I really realized, wait a minute, so I know my <laughs> this is something unique that I have. Thank the Lord. Like not me. bragging, I'm saying this is just something well, weird that I never, like really didn't than, understand. Than, than me, it's, it's not like I'm dating my cousin or nothing. I looked it up. There's nothing in the law books to say a man can't date himself. I don't know why I didn't think of this before. I amaze myself sometimes. I laugh and joke with myself on lonely days, <laughs> praying hard for better days. Now we can get through the rough times. I want to. I want to ask you a little later about the, the, your poem, "The Atheist," uh, and the humor part of that, and the serious part of that. But I also want to mm-hmm. go back to, uh, you know, we as mentioned, you're you're part of HBO. You were part of HBO's Deaf Poetry Jam, and then you're also part of the ver- the Broadway version of it. Um, right. And you were one of nine poets in the Deaf Poetry Jam on Broadway. Uh, just curious, how how did you quote unquote beat out uh, 
I imagine all these people, all these poem poets tried out for the Broadway version. What was the audition process like? Do you remember what poem kind of like solidified your spot with the Broadway version of that poetry jam? Um, well, I'd like to tell myself it was my good looks that uh, got me into the thing, but I don't think that's the truth. Um, but, you know, I like to you know, live that dream. Uh, there was not actually, for me at least, for me, there wasn't actually, I was just chosen. There wasn't actually an audition process. Um, I, I didn't send in any poems or anything like that. It was just the fact from what I, from what I was understanding from Stan and Russell is that they took nine poets from uh, the show, the, the television show, the top nine poets that were getting the, the most feedback that most people talked about, they took those top nine poets and, and put us together, from what I'm understanding. Because like, I didn't throw any, I didn't, all I did got a call and say, would you like to be interested to, it wasn't Broadway first, it was San Francisco. Uh, would you like to be interested to be hooked up with these poets and we're going to do a show in San Francisco. They never said anything about Broadway. So, that, so we hooked up and did the show in San Francisco and it was such a success, we booed on the Broadway. When it moved over to Broadway, it seemed that you were also, uh, I mean, the seasons of uh, HBO's Death Poetry Jam was still going. Um, yeah. Uh, did, and it, I, I think it, you were doing both at the same time. Uh, no. Well, that's, you weren't. That's, okay. funny, that's the funny thing. I did the first season. That's why I was so surprised they even called me to do the San Francisco thing. I did the first season of uh, Death Poetry even though I was a seven time, because on a couple of episodes, I, uh, a couple of seasons, I did two, two, uh, two uh, poems, one poem, and so I was on a couple of episodes. But the first season I did, and then the second season, they didn't call me back to do the second season. So I never did the second season. Hmm. And I was like, what? I, I, why are these other poets coming back? I'm not coming back. And I just thought it was over. And then literally after they finished taping the second season, they called me to do San Francisco. And I'm like uh, really confused. And then from then on, I did the rest of the seasons of Death Poetry. Like I said, I did a couple uh, in, in two poems in the four seasons, two poems, you know. So it was, it was kind of weird. So I wasn't necessarily on the show when they actually called me to do the show. You know what I mean? It was weird. <laughs> what, what's, I mean, what was the major difference for you in terms of, did you have to adjust at all in terms of uh, performing in San Francisco, performing on Broadway versus performing on the the HBO special? Uh, I mean, in terms of like the audience reaction, participation, uh, did you ever feel you had to adjust your poem in a certain way or your, your performance in a certain way? Um, not necessarily my performance. Um, the, uh, the poems had to be a shorter on, uh, on Broadway. Uh, Stan was a stickler for that. Uh, Stan Latham was a stickler for keeping our poems to two minutes, two and a half minutes. And we never did understand why, because poets can write forever. You know, we'll be up in the, in the 17th minute and still be in the middle of the poem. <laughs> so uh, we were, all of us were just like struggling with cutting it shorter for the uh, San Francisco and Broadway. Um, but other than that, after we got over that, which we realized it was actually a better thing, but after we got over that, then that was um, pretty, pretty much it for me. Performance was... Uh, just a natural um again i'm blessed to be a natural performer and natural good looks <laughs> the, the broadway show went from ran from 2002 to 2003 and then the hbo show ran until 2007 um so what happened next for you after both those uh shows kind of ended after the broadway show ended we ended up touring and they were going all around the world so which was awesome 
you know, like I said, Australia, New Zealand, Switzerland, uh, London, just every. We went. I did not, I then we did a national tour also in America, which went to every state in America except Alaska. Literally, like for two years, we were just touring. So right after Broadway was strictly touring, which was unbelievable and awesome, amazing, and I loved it. And while the show was taping, so we'd fly back to New York and tape the show, and then we'd go back to uh, Denver and do a show there in Denver. So it was it was it, it was one of the most uh, fun times in my life because I absolutely love performing. So to be able to be performing every night in a different city, like a rock star, but be a poet. It was mm-hmm. just, it was just amazing to me. And then after the show uh, in 2007 ended, my my wife was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2003. So after 2007, it started to progress and get a little worse. So my touring um, kind of slowed down. My individual touring um, slowed down a little bit, a lot of it actually. And I started concentrating on my family and concentrating on her and, and then my two kids and all this stuff. I want to, I want to, I want to ask you uh, about your, your, your two daughters and your wife. Uh, because, but I want to start it with the, I think I learned more about, uh, or learned more that your wife was battling MS through the poem, the atheist. Uh, but what's interesting about the poem to me is that it starts off very humorous and then you get into more serious matters where you talk about your daughter, you talk about your wife having MS. Uh, what was, well, what was the reaction to that poem when, I mean, I guess you first performed it and, you know, people, you got to this point and people aren't laughing. And then also, was it a, was it an emotionally tough poem to write for you? Uh, or is it something that, you know, like easy, it's easy to write because, not because it's an easy subject matter to take on, but it's also, it's just so real to you that you, you know, it comes out naturally. Um, it, it, it. It's definitely real to me. Uh, writing it, it comes out naturally, and it's just this is how I write. But usually, a lot of times, um, especially I have a lot of poems with my about my wife's condition and stuff. Um, that they 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 get hard to perform for some reason. I'm to writing it. It's I write it and it comes out, it flows out easily. But then when I perform it, if there is a, a I don't know. The, I don't know. Something comes out of me when I perform it. I don't, I don't. I don't. To this day, I don't know. Like there's some poems that I read. Like if I read Atheist right now, um, I would probably tear up while I'm reading it, while I'm performing it. It's just, just because I'm living that life. Like every day, I'm living that life with my wife. Um, MS is a very hard disease, uh, and then trying to raise two little small children. It's just even me talking about it now. It's, it's just, it's, it's rough. It's hard. There's no, there's no other sugarcoat way to to say it. It's a very hard thing to do. It's especially being a creative person and 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 being a caretaker for your wife and your kids, and not necessarily getting the chance to to go out and perform as much as you used to, and you know, and really right. express yourself. It's more so of being home and and doing what you should do. Your responsibility is taking care of your family. So it's kind of, you know, that balance of trying to find that creative stuff and then and taking care of your family is, is a very hard thing. And, and then just the actual fact that she's, she's disabled is, is a hard thing. So those poems now, like, like I haven't read Atheist and I don't know how long, but if I read it now, I'm sure that I would uh, break down while I performed it. It's just, it, just comes, it just comes out that way. I see him in the logical fact that I have breath to speak this poem. I see him in the smile of my daughters, Genesis and Journey. 
I see guys when they dance like they were born to do so. And when they think they're talking, when their brain learns something new. I see God when she gets up and consoles me when I'm sad. When she comes and hugs me when I walk through the door. When I look at them, I don't see science. I see God. When my wife laughs, the same exact laugh she laughed before any pain and turmoil entered her life. Oh, God, are you serious? I see God when nothing has changed her. I see him when she holds her head up high, before MS, before she was unable to walk. When others would break down and cry, she stands strong and tall, giving me the strength to move on. This is my kind of proof. YouTube might not You talked about being the caretaker, and, you, and, and since you have two young daughters, and you, you're, the, you're the sole, you're kind of pretty much the sole caretaker, I imagine. Yeah. Um, when, uh, when, uh, when, when there's more, I guess, when there's more pressure on you now to provide for your family and the way you provide for your family is through your art, is there ever a worry that you put too much pressure on yourself and, you know, get writer's block or, or has this kind of new, new purpose for you started, made, made more art come out for you? Um, there's not a worry about if I get writer's block because the uh, writer's block, I have a whole little thing about writer's block that I don't, I, I don't believe that there is a thing called writer's block. Um, uh, because I, I've written poems or I've sat down to write and nothing comes out or some stuff comes out and I'm like, Oh, this is terrible. And I throw it away. Blah, blah, blah. But then I've learned that if I didn't throw it away, like if I write something, I accidentally keep it. And then I come back and look at it four weeks later. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. So writer's, writer's block is not necessarily that you can't write. It is that you think that everything you write, it's a mind thing. You think that everything you write is trash. That's what it is. Right. Because you go, I, I can't write anything. This is terrible. But if you go back and look at it in a different mindset, four weeks later, you're, you'll, you'll be like, oh, my God, this was some good stuff. Why did I think this is trash? But a lot of us throw it away, and we don't ever see it again. You know what I mean? We don't, we don't know. We just go through life going, uh, yeah, I went through this period. Yeah, dude, you went to a period, but you're still writing some great stuff. To me, writer's block is if your hands are broken and you can't write anymore. You know, I can't type. Oh, my God, I broke my hand. I got writer's block. For real, for real, but not, it's all a mental thing. So, I, I, so I'm, never worried about, I'm never worried about writer's block. I am worried about providing, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, for my family because that, that's what I am, a creative person. That's, like, I don't know how to do anything else. I literally don't know how to do anything else. I can, I can write. And thank God that uh, he's given me that talent. I can act, you know, and, and do creative stuff that way and write stories and, and act in stories. But as far as, I don't know, fixing tires or I don't even know how to change a tire. I don't know how to do anything but that. And, and God has given me that as a good thing. So when I feel like I can't do that to make money, then I worry. Mm. How do I provide for my family? Poji, you know, you obviously you 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 have a, a, a long list of poems, and you, and you tackle you know subjects based you know such as like weight, finances, relationships, anger, driving, road rage. Uh, how do you come up with the concepts for these poems? But also, like, what is the ideal, I guess, writing situation for you? Uh, you know, like something about road rage. I imagine you're driving, and you're like, "Hey, that's a good poem. That guy has road rage." But I imagine you also don't start writing the poem in the middle of the driving. So, what, what, how does it work for you? Um, um, well, particularly for road rage, it wasn't that I looked at somebody else and said they have road rage. I looked into myself and said that I have road rage. I am absolutely crazy on the road. 
just I will cuss you out left and right. Um, uh, and then smile at you. Nice guy. You're in the street. I'm in the car, though. Man, I mean, come on. I'm driving here. That tells me that you don't have any respect for my driving capabilities. And I don't care how long it takes me. I will hunt you down and cut you off right back. Beep, 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 Most beep, of my poems are coming from personal experience uh, of, of just of how, how, I, how I deal with things. And then, like I said, since I'm thinking that they're serious poems, surely when I write them down, I'm still thinking it's a serious poem. It just turns out to be a funny poem. But yeah, I don't write it when I... Um, uh, I, it, it just builds up in my head over uh, over a couple of days of you know just uh, thinking about let's say driving thinking about driving it just it just lines come up in my head and they just stay in there and then when I sit down finally to write it it just literally flows out some poems take me twenty minutes to write because I've been thinking about them for a week in my head so when I sit down to write it just just flow out. Um. You know, you obviously not just write uh, poems without any, it's a straight poetry without without music or anything, but you also write poems with a uh, beat with them and the honor as you've been called uh, po-hop, right? Um, yes. Yes, poetry and hip-hop. So that's kind of going back to what you, you know, we originally talked, you know, how you originally started out being, uh, you know, writing raps, raps that you thought weren't that great and went back to poetry. So how did you... What 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 did you feel like? Why did you jump back into creating uh, a poetry with a beat? What 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 does the beat help you accomplish with the poem that you're that you couldn't that you felt you couldn't accomplish just with a, a straight poem? Well, uh, like literally, I had this idea, and I think I'm the first one. But of course, I'm going to say that. But uh, it, like 15 years ago. I was like, man, they should have poetry with music, but not only because people were writing poetry and music all day, but like, like making a re- real song. At, at that time, people would just have a beat and they would do their whole poem over the beat and that's it. I'm like, but no, let's do 16 verses or, you know what I'm saying, and put a chorus in there and do it because I was frustrated with music as well as I was frustrated with poetry because I'm always trying to think of ways to take poetry to the next level. So let's take it to the next level by doing making it a song, making it an actual song, but it's an actual poem. So you're not, comp- you're not uh, um, compromising any of it. It's a real dope poem. It's a straight-up poem. If you didn't have music, you would do that as a poem. And if you do have music, you just bring it in and have to, it is a song with chorus that people can sing over and over again and all that stuff. So uh, that's what I was thinking 15, 20 years ago, thinking how dope and incredible it was. Then I hooked up with uh, my man Dereki from Deaf Poetry. He did the music for Deaf Poetry, Dereki Mack. And we, we got together about, I don't know, it's got to be 10 years ago, 11 years ago, and did our first album uh, uh, called The Pohot, man, because he was on the same. We're on, we, we think the same. We think the same of uh, moving things to the next level. So it was kind of easy to work with him. He, he provided the beat, and I provided the poem, and then we worked together on the chorus, and and then we have magic that nobody knows about. <laughs> <laughs> the, so, some of the some of the tracks you guys did were uh, love poems. I like you more than chicken and French fries. More than chicken. Not when I'm real hungry, but most of the time, I like you a lot more than a lot more than a lot. I want a little of you <laughs> laughing through my bloodstream. Oops, I far in the very far end of the bleachers. I saw snow that fell gently, forming a glow with tranquility around her. 
uh, and the latest one is Heaven Sent. I'm not from here. I smile at folks, say hi to strangers, you know, weird stuff like that. And you just kind of mentioned you had the, you, he had the beat, you had the poem. Are you, I mean, is it like the sense of an MC that writes to a beat or a producer that writes, creates their beat around lyrics? Are, are you, is that how you write? Is that is it is it is that how the writing process happens for you when you're creating this? No, no. For the most part, uh, I just write the poem in general. Then he sends me the beat, and I whatever beat. I'm, oh, I like that one. I don't like this one. I like this one. I like this. I pick a beat, and then I go to go do it to the song. I don't. If if you listen to it, I don't try to make it as a. I'm very conscious of trying not to make it a rap because I don't want to be rap. I want to be a, a genuine poem. So it may go off beat, may go on beat. It's just you don't just you just got this fly dope beat behind you, and you're saying this this deep poem or, or funny poem or whatever however you look at it, and they just mesh together. It go it it, it, it seems to work when, when you stay genuine to both art forms. It seems to work. If I try if I tried to kind of rap with it, then it wouldn't work because I'm terrible rapper. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'd be like, dude, what is this guy doing? 1985. He's old. So. <laughs> It would, it, and, it, and it just doesn't sound right because I'm not a rapper. But I am a poet. So when I put this poem, there's something that I know that I've, I've done. I'm an award-winning poet. I've been touring around the world. You know, this is just what I do for years. And I take that art form and put it to this this, this music. It just fits. It just I don't know how to explain it. It just fits perfectly. Uh, the latest, Your latest track is uh, Heaven Sent. Uh, for you, what was the purpose of this track? I believe that we're all on this earth. Uh, I'm you know, God is, is, is my man. So, you know, I'm a firm believer in him and, and, and son, Jesus Christ. And, and just the reason why we're here. So, uh, but, and I believe he blesses us, but I don't, what we get confused on is because the Lord is blessing us that life is going to be easy and life is going to be, Oh, this is going to be a piece of cake. Oh yeah. Because God loves me. God loves you. But, um, what I'm still working on is he's still, let you go through the mess to learn this or whatever reason he lets you go through all this heartache and pain to let you learn this or that or whatever his reason is. Um, and that's what I, that's what I'm trying to say with heaven sin of how, even though I'm from heaven. So I just, you guys just remember that you're, uh, that you're from someplace different than this earth. We get caught on this earth and thinking, this is it. This is the end of it. I'm, I was born here. This is where I'm going to die. And it's it. But no, we're from a higher place. We're just put on this earth just to to change lives, bring souls to, to Christ, and, and, and live and, and, and make this world a better place, not just to live here and do nothing. So when you realize you're from heaven, all these struggles that you're going through, you know are going to be are going to are, are going to be done when you when you die. They're going to be done, and you're going to go back up to the place where you really live. Before I ask you uh, what's next, I was curious. You've you you obviously have a long you have a a, a lot of poems under your belt. Uh, is there kind of a poem that you've written that right now that kind of defines where you at where you're at artistically? Usually, my latest poem is always the one that I'm where I'm at. This is just um, and that and that's about just uh, you know the struggles I'm having um, with what we talked about being creative and also. Uh, taking care of my family so that that's that's pretty much where i'm at right now in, in my last 10 poems about in, in in one form or another about just surviving creatively but still being a responsible adult that thing that we have to be 
um, and taking care of the family and, and just doing what's right and making sure they eat. So what's next for you in terms of uh, this? You have this, I mentioned the single uh, Heaven Sent. Uh, is that a part of an album? Uh, is that just this one-off single? Uh, right now, uh, Rick and I are thinking about uh, putting together a full album out. Um, this will be our first one in about five years, so uh, it's an undertaking, and I'm trying to just debate if I want to do it. Uh, I love doing it, so uh, I'm sure it's a possibility, but right now we just put out Heaven's Just to see, just to, it's like a reunion of him and I to getting back together and doing this, so we're just excited about doing it. Um, Right now, we're just throwing it against the wall, see if it if it sticks. So, hoping people go to Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you can get it everywhere. So, go to Apple, iTunes, and go pick it up, and uh, and we'll go from there. He's a Tony Award winner, seven time deaf poet, an artist, producer. New track is uh, Heaven Sent. Uh, poetry. Thank you so much for joining me on the library with Tim Einekel. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you for having me. I keep things ninety nine because I be lying sometimes. Right. Definitely not an angel. I was born something higher. I eat chicken every single day, and my thought process is not normal. I'm thinking if you don't stir fry your veggies, <laughs> yo, you're wrong, dog. See, I wasn't built in this realm. I keep telling you this. Life is not a game, but everywhere I look, humans keep playing. So when this is over, I plan on going back. Mom and pops are waiting on me. Just gotta finish my flights down here in a mile, homie. Sometimes I fly too close to the sun, and my head gets bigger when I spit fire. But God gave me these wings and dropped me on cloud nine. So these extensions that he gave me, you know, they ain't really mine My attitude gets cocky when you can't understand what I meant Sometimes even I forget that I was heaven sent Don't get it twisted, I was surprised When God first dropped me from heaven There were times I didn't know if I would make it through it I fell from grace like I was meant to do it I fell in love with stars who only let me down moon by the moon every single night plunged through clouds of lies deceit and hatred storms made my flight feeling like i was falling through the matrix rain had me crying tears that you could not see but it was only to heal me mold me and shape me i started off looking awkward and ended up being cut like a diamond through it all god kept throwing me a hint that reminded me i was heaven sent Presentamos a la familia López. Fashion es su pasión. Vas a ver que estos flergies los va a tener todo el mundo. Y cuando se enteraron de que Walmart ahora tiene un probador virtual para su centro de visión. Fashion show virtual. Aquí viene Silvia con monturas preciosas de DKNY. Le sigue José en lentes de Nike y Sandra con lentes de Vivi que le quedan bellos. Con mis flare jeans. Pruébate todos los looks con el probador virtual de Walmart. Sube tu prescripción y compra tus lentes online para que te lleguen directo a casa. Bienvenido a un cuidado de visión más fácil. Bienvenido a tu Walmart. Se aplican restricciones. Visita walmart.com para más detalles. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.